Okay. Well, it's close enough. So, who has praise to share? Josh, go ahead. I had our first uh, men's seeking wisdom this Saturday. It went pretty well. I enjoyed it. Learned a little bit. Taught a little bit. I heard good things about it. Awesome. Christine? Uh, we have a kindergarten graduate, and we have a second grader now. Awesome. So, it was pretty cool getting to... Yeah. See how that, yeah. Yeah, see how that Praise the Lord for being able to take off and being able to be there and not work. Good. Amen. There are advantages for, of self-employment. Not everybody can do it. Got some good stuff attached to it. Camilla. Well, when I got here this morning, I was in so much pain. This whole side of me was just messed up. And I, after we got through practicing, I went out and sat down and just sat still for a long time. And you didn't. Somebody came over and said, "Why are you just sitting here all by yourself?" And I said, "I'm not in pain. I'm not moving." <laughs> and after I sit there for a while, I just realized I walked in here without pain. Praise God. Amen. Now, I don't know how long it's gonna last because if I move around a lot, it'll come back. It never lasts. Mm. If it, if it goes away completely, there will be another one. Come take yeah, it. Somewhere yes. else. Yep. That bus room. Part of that is older. Yeah. yeah. I have a praise. Yes, Lisa. Um, we'd like to praise God for giving me the wisdom to figure out the mechanics of walking. And um, you know, I had that boot on my foot for like 18 months on one foot and six months on the other. And I walked. I still walk where I throw my leg out from the knee so I don't kick my ankle bone with that big bar that is on the boot. So I figured out if I take very short steps, I don't have any hip pain, like zero. So I just I just used to walk in hard and fast and taking giant steps, and apparently that's not good for me now. Good, good. Who else? Zero pain. Praises. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yes. That's it. We're done. Bob, what's your praise? I'm just grateful that it's another day that God's given us to be in His house. Well, amen. And to listen to His word. So, amen. Well, I'll tell you that. Be here. Second that one. All right. Who else? We want to hear about the race car. I got it running. I uh, just need to get some decals for it to glorify the Lord and go to the track and share it off. Where do you go? Where do you take it to the track? Well, since they tore my track down, I'm going to have to go to HMT. Thank you. Houston Motorsports Park, which is in Houston. Or by Lake Houston. About 40 minutes. About 40 minutes? How, do you, how does it work when you go over there? Do you. Well, if you go on Friday evenings, you can run your grandma's station wagon, your daddy's pickup truck, or your own vehicle, whatever it might be. But if it's not a race car with slicks, then you have to wait till all of us with race cars get done running, and then you can go run your grandma's. I can't come over there and race your car. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> ah. Well, what did I walk into? Well, he's got lightning, and he wants to race thunder. Oh. <laughs> right? Well, I mean... In your truck of lightning? It might be fun to do. Of course, it won't be fun for it's you. It's spanked by a truck. <laughs> I don't have racing slicks, but 
it's all wheel drive, so it never slips. It'll be a pretty fun race up there. So it goes pretty fast then. It's a pretty crazy electric truck. Ralph Shover and Lauren run with me. Yeah, I, I think. What's the quarter mile times they advertise? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's like 11, 8, 11, 9. Oh my God. Yeah, you ain't gonna hang on me. No? No. <laughs> uh -oh. Better put some more electricity in there. Is this eight? Is this eight? That rabbit's name is it's banging the. The yeah. Put one of them in the back of your truck. I'm running 990s. Oh, well. That's, that's uh, pretty fast. With the juice, I'm at 890. I okay. I'm that would be nice to that. I want to use this car to give God glory. Okay. Got it. I was trying to get the Calista. Can't say Calista without saying Clarissa. Clarissa's daughter to draw me something to put on it. Okay. Oh, that's, that's Alexa. Yeah. Alexa. That's Alexa. the one. That's easier. Alexa. Alexa. Lexi. Call her Lexi. Whatever. She's the one who can draw. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her to draw me something to put on the car a while back. Yeah, she probably did because she would have done that. Yeah, okay. That's I'll remind good. her. That'll be cool. I almost brought it this morning. I'm too sore to go get it. Who else has praise? Vicky. I just want to praise God for all this beautiful weather that we've had lately. Uh -huh. um, I mean, I praise Him for the rain. It's always good for the plants and the environment, but I praise Him for the sunshine too. What rain? Last week, a couple weeks ago. Oh, so. okay. Uh -huh. But um, I praise Him for the sunshine to be able to get out and mow the grass. The dogs are very, very happy. They don't like the high tickly grass. So. Yeah, it's full of mosquitoes. All right, who else? Other praises. Go ahead, Christine. Josh really like this one. I got rid of three of my chickens. Praise. <laughs> Found a nice little oh. house for them, everything. Yeah. Is that a new? Yeah. Yeah. Want to get rid of more? No, they're too small. Nope. No, no, if I'd have known, I'd have gave them to you. I was looking for somebody to take three. Three hands. Clarissa told me about them. I told her I wanted them. She said, well, tell her about them on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Tracy came and got them on Sunday. Tracy came and got them? Yeah, for, for Mike's friend at work. Mike went live. Okay. All right. All right. Anybody else? Well, we're finishing early today, so I guess we're going to have more Bible lessons. All right, John chapter 1. It's a process. Draw, it. partner. It's everybody's reminder to silence your phone. In the beginning. Was alone or horseman? This full of time. Okay, listen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was, was God. God. The longer you're a Christian, the longer you study your Bible, maybe, just maybe, more of that can actually sink in. This is God. Amen. Not the words on the page. A lot of people are a lot of people are, are real protective of their Bible. They don't want to mark in it. Uh, a Bible you don't mark in is Come on, I will get it. The lonely Bible. No, the, it's not the words on the page, it's what it says that is who he is. 
you know, that's a that's an interesting concept. With the Lord, what He says is who He is. And, uh, yeah. It occurs to me that that's pretty similar to <coughs> us. Is what you say who you are? Do those correlate? Is there a relationship there? Used to be used to be in in our society uh, a man's word, a person's word was his bond. People kept at work. I think uh, I think it has a lot to do with who we are. Don't you? The same was in the beginning with God. And so here, in the very second verse, John takes us back to Genesis, to the beginning. Uh, was this the beginning of creation, or was this the beginning of God? He's talking about. I'm going to take the beginning of creation. That's pretty good, because God why would you say been. that? Because God was always... There is no beginning with God. No beginning, no end. This answers a lot of other questions, doctrinal questions in the Bible. You will uh, read about in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, you will read about a priest by the name of Melchizedek. We know who Melchizedek was. Anybody anybody want to comment on that? Jesus? He's Jesus. How do we know that? No father, no mother. No beginning of day. Yeah, no beginning, no end. Yeah, that's how we know. There's only one like that. A Christophany and a theophany the same thing. A Christophany and a theophany the same thing. No. No, Christophany is an Old Testament <coughs> appearance of Christ. Jesus, right. Yeah. That's ministry. Uh, there's a lot of Old Testament appearances or mentions of God. It doesn't identify him as, as Christ, though. So, no, I guess it wouldn't be the same. Josh? Just a quick question about uh, Melchizedek. When it talks about uh, Abraham giving uh, money to Christ, well. yeah. to, to Melchizedek, so that way he wasn't actually giving it to a person. Right? He was giving it to, he was giving Jesus, and Jesus wasn't here at that time, right? No, he was giving it to a person. He was here. Yeah. Yeah. An Old Testament appearance of Christ. Uh, anybody else know of a different Old Testament appearance of Christ? Oh, um, with the, Shadrach, the three men in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. Yeah. And the fourth man is likened to the Son of God? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, it was... Nebuchadnezzar that said it, however, so that makes me a little suspect. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think that's true. One of the one of the ones most noble ones that I can think of offhand is uh, is when Abraham was visited by the angel of the Lord before he went to destroy Sodom. Yeah. And the bargaining that all that went on. Well, what what if what if I only find ten righteous? Or said, I won't destroy it for 10. And nobody told Sarah she'd have a baby this time next year. She laughed. Yeah, she yeah. laughed. 
All right, here we go. All things were made by him. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, didn't Jacob wrestle with God? Yep, he did. Okay. I just want to make sure. When you see him in heaven, you can ask him this wonderful question. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> Go ahead, Daryl. Not to back you up, but the scripture we're reading, John 1 1, in the beginning, was with God, the word was God. I've heard some people try to take that out of context. Was word was God? Like it was past tense. Past tense. Well, it's talking about at the beginning, so it would be past tense. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he's not God now. It just means that in the beginning, in the, beginning the word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. This is one of the verses of Scripture. That, that tells Jesus us the creation. which person of the Godhead is the creator. Jesus. 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 It's Jesus. Tells us this in a bunch of places, actually. A bunch of places. There was nothing made that he didn't make. And the light shines, shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Who is his own? The Jews. Jews, yeah. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen. Sentence is not over, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, which were born, take that middle part out, of God. Born of God. Give me other terminology that's that's the same. Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Quicken of the Spirit. Quicken. Born again. Born again. Born again. Yeah. First John five one. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Born of God. The term that everybody needs to understand clearly, and very few do. We're going to jump over to chapter 3 for a minute. And all of these doctrines, which seem so obvious in Scripture, are regularly corrupted and taught, mistaught, all over the place. Uh, born of God ought to be an easy thing to understand. Nicodemus had trouble with it. Remember him? He's the ruler of the Jews. It means he's a Pharisee. 
comes to Jesus by night. No man can do these miracles for that thou doest except God be with him. Oh, by the way, we've had people leave the church over my teaching that Jesus is the creator. That's crazy. It says it right there. Well, it says it there. It says it in Colossians. Yeah, it says yeah. in Hebrews. It yeah. says it all over the place. Okay. This other one is... Uh, not really very controversial, but is extremely controversial when it is, when you run across it, somebody. Jesus said to Nicodemus, he came to him by night, he said, no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He told Jesus, we know that God is with you. Uh, he didn't know half of it, did he? <laughs> Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, or born of God, or born from above, which is what the definition of the word means, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Big controversy over what comes up next here. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The uh, controversy comes over born of water. Uh, people say, well, that's got to be baptism. No, it doesn't. Baptism doesn't picture a birth. It pictures a, birth water. a burial, a birth death. Water. Uh, the other controversy, and had people leave the church over this, is what born of water means. What it means is the flesh birth. Now, how do I know that? <coughs> It's called hermeneutics. You know what hermeneutics means? It's the correct, it's study of rightly dividing the Word of God, Scripture. There are rules of hermeneutics. Where's the first place you look to compare to to find out if something that you just read is what you think it is? Scripture. Scripture, but where? Do I look back in Genesis? Where in Scripture is the first place you look? Manuscript? Original? What? Original manuscript? No. Well, you don't have an original look at, by the way. I don't know. But where's the first place you're going to look? First place you always look is the immediate context. The immediate context. In the immediate context... We have Nicodemus asking Jesus about what? He's asking about Jesus, about the flesh birth. And then the very next thing Jesus censored him is that which is born of flesh is flesh. It's right there in the immediate context. No matter what else you try to apply to it, you can't override the immediate context ever in Scripture. It's always the immediate context. If it's there, sometimes it's not there. 
and you have to compare it with the general context of Scripture. What is taught consistently throughout Scripture. Uh, this is the new birth. The new birth is something that happens that you can't see. You see that evidence, like the wind. It can be felt. It can be the evidence can be seen, but you can't see it itself. That goes on. All right, let's go back to chapter one. It says here that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. All right, as many as received him. Did all the Jews reject Jesus? No. No. Mm -hmm. Who are the Jews that we know that did not reject Jesus? Bob? Okay, uh, I'm just going to say one. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Okay. Every member, every member of the first ever church was a blood-born Jew. Every member. In fact, every member of the first church was not only a Jew, they were on the scene when John the Baptist identified Jesus, which is in this chapter, by the way. It's coming up. And they were on the scene. They were baptized by John the Baptist. All the first members, all the apostles, every one of them. Matter of fact, when they replaced the apostle that showed up missing when Judas hanged himself, they could not elect anyone to that position that did not go back to the baptism of John. Tells us that in Acts chapter 1, chapter 2. Uh, so, as many as received him. Now, uh, receiving him means what? Who is Jesus in John chapter 1? The word. He's the word. So what's receiving him mean? Receiving the word. Receiving the word. How important is that? It's pivotal. I would say, yeah, that's right. It isn't everything, but it's as close as you can get. What about today? This is talking about when Jesus came. When Jesus was here in his earthly ministry. Matter of fact, uh, John, and as we run down this, uh, is going to uh, identify Jesus uh, here in verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, and do you suppose, you reckon he pointed? Some people say that pointing is not polite. I think it would have been totally fitting in this particular case. John said, behold, I mean, if you, if you told somebody, behold, what's that mean? Look! Look! Hey, look! look. That, that, see, see the see the hand motion. It's uh, it's almost has to be. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is He of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for He was before me. And I knew Him not, but that He should be made manifest to Israel. 
Therefore am I come baptizing with water. So John identifies Jesus here as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Now, but in verse number 12, but as many as received him, the him is Jesus. But I ask you the question, what about today? And how does this power thing work? It, it does not say, and this is commonly spoken by preachers all over the place, come down here in the front and receive Jesus. Uh, that's not how it works. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave, gave he power to become. They, here they're not, but they will be. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How exactly does that work? This is if you're going to be a, a witness that's much count that's that's your testimony's worth much, you really need to know a little bit about this. Is it different for people who receive the word to receive the word? Is that is that like well you're receiving the word now because I'm reading it to you and you're you're soaking it in? Is that is that it? Your soul's enlightened and your mind is enlightened in the process. All right. We we have examples of this in Scripture to learn from. And we have examples of this in practice, experience to learn from. I want to take you to First Thessalonians. This is chapter 2. This is verse 13. Paul Silvanus, Timotheus, they are all ministers to the church in Thessalonica. They were ministers to that church before it was a church. They were the men who preached the gospel there and by through which these people were saved. They were then later organized into a church and they were the church of the Thessalonians. They were an amazing church, actually. One of the most impressive churches that we read about in the New Testament. And I've always taught this invasive Bible truth. This is, matter of fact, uh, this became the conclusion of lesson one in basic Bible truth, which wasn't there originally with Dr. Hudson. And I began to use this, and then he incorporated it in his later. But here's the conclusion. What made them such a great church? Well, what? where's the power come from? Power is in the word. Here's what happened. For this cause, Paul said, also thank we God without ceasing. We continually thank God for this. Because, this is verse 13 of chapter 2. When you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Is that going on now? Yes. Yes, it is. Vicki, go ahead. I mean, isn't it the, the basic principle of lesson one that in order to believe God, first you have to believe the Bible that tells us about God? And I mean, they had 
they had the examples of the apostles themselves who actually walked with him, but we have the Bible. And if you don't believe the Bible, then you have nothing to base your faith on. Because that's where we learn about Jesus. That's how we know about that's him. That's true. So where is this power? Where does this power reside that through which you can become a child of God? To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Are you the sons and daughters of God this morning? Yes. Where did that power to make? You weren't always one. You started out as a son or daughter of somebody else. Child of the devil. I didn't much like learning that, but it was true. After I thought about it a little while, I thought it makes perfect sense. That explains a lot of things. <laughs> it really does. It really explains a lot of things. So, where is, where is this power? So, to receive Jesus means to what? Receive the word. To receive the word. To receive it as what? As the truth. As not the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. That in and of itself makes you eligible for something, doesn't it? It makes you eligible to become saved, to become a child of God. Where in the Word of God is is that power we're talking about? To them gave he power to become the sons of God. The Holy Spirit. The death, burial, and resurrection. What? The death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. The gospel. Is the power? What's it say? Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ." This is Romans chapter one, verse sixteen. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Where is it found? Which is the word? It's found in the word of God. I ask it's people, like what's... Exactly. Yeah, it, it's basically, yeah, we're just backing our way through it. It is what moves you from column one. Look back on the wall over there. It's, we painted that up there several years ago. The way men began, they're lost, they're condemned, they're unforgiven, they're unrighteous, dead in sins, children of the devil, headed to the lake of fire. And... Those with the relationship are saved. What moves you from lost to saved? What has there's some kind of power that does that? Can you move you from lost to saved? No. Then what does it? The gospel. The gospel is the power. Not has the power, but it is the power. What it said. It is the power that moves you from lost to saved. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried, and the third day raised, according to the scriptures. So, receiving the word, that's described in lots of places. We read about it in the Thessalonian church. They received the word, the direct preaching, just like what you're receiving from me now from, the apostles. How did they know they were apostles? How did they know that they could trust 
what those men told them as being the truth. Power of the gospel. As what? Miracles. Miracles. Yeah. Signs and wonders and miracles. Now, Satan's been trying to counterfeit that ever since. He fools a lot of people. How do I know that I can trust what this book says about the gospel? It's the word of God. Yeah. How do do I know this is the word of God? Well, we know through construction. We know through the prophecy. We know through what it says about itself. We know through archaeology. We know through all the history, all the evidence. And it's absolutely impossible for this to be anything but the word of God. If you were Satan, and and I know you're not, at least I hope you're not. <laughs> Fool me. But uh, if you were Satan and you wanted to destroy God's people, you wanted to keep people from becoming God's people, where would you attack? That's where the Lord. Jack the Lord. It's completely logical. Why do you think we have so many versions of the Bible translated now? Because there's 99% truth and 1% lie. Well, I wish it was only 1%. It would be easier to deal with. But the attack has always been on the Word of God. Receiving the Bible as the Word of God is referred to in Scripture in quite a few ways. One of them there is only one reference to it in the Bible, but it is a powerful reference. And that's over here in Ephesians chapter 1. Chapter 1 of Ephesians tells us how you got saved. If you're saved, you got saved this way, because there's only one way to get saved. Here's what it says. It's talking about uh, our being chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. It's talking about uh, the will of God, the good pleasure of His will. Verse 6, and by the way, the main thing that churches do, the main thing that God's people do to bring the Lord glory is praise. It's always been praise. It'll never be different. It's always about praise. It says, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the blood, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated unto the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, verse 12 and 13, pay particular attention, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted. That term, first trusted in Christ, is called first trust. 
First trust for the Thessalonians was understanding that what the apostles were preaching was really the word of God, not just the word of men. First trust for you was understanding that the Bible really is the word of God, not just the word of men. Once you understood that, once you believed it, once you trusted in that being a fact, then as you receive what's in it, you can be changed by it. Amen. It says here, the way this goes, it says here then, it says, in whom you also trusted, wait a minute, it says, who first trusted in Christ. Now it's a person, not just the word. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, comma, is it's all truth. Which truth are we talking about here? Tells you. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed. And that means that's pastuo. That word is pastuo, which means put in trust with. You put your trust in that person, then you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. All of these passages of Scripture, everything it teaches us in Ephesians, all the things we're learning about in John, all the things we learned about back in Genesis. Jonah. What's the most impressive thing Jonah ever said? Do you know? I mean, Jonah went through some experience. I think it was, I, mean, I don't know what the most impressive, but I think it was being honest with God and saying, even though you're a God of compassion and loving kindness and patience. I don't want to do your will. <laughs> well, Jonah, when he finally figured it out, he said, salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is something God does, not something men do. That ought to be really good news to us. It ought to be, it ought to take all the confusion away. Salvation is something God does not need you to help him with. He Men are responsible, you know, or they participate in the flesh birth, but not in the spiritual birth. It says, Many received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe and put their trust on his name, which were born. What happened when they believed? They were born. They were born from above. Again, of God. All the different terms, all talking about the same thing, which were born not, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you go back to John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh. The flesh birth has nothing to do with salvation. But nobody who hasn't experienced the flesh birth first can experience the spiritual birth, which comes later. You must be born again. All right. And then we get down to the definition of how Jesus came in a body, incarnate. 
God incarnate. What's the word incarnate mean? You've heard it before. In the flesh. God in the flesh. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. That's an interesting statement right there. I still haven't figured out what specifically that's referring to. And grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. We're going to learn some more things about the ministry of John the Baptist next week. He was very clear to make, make the statement that he's not Christ. They ask him straight out, are you Elias? The other word for Elias. Elijah. Elijah. Same person, not two different ones. They said, what then art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Elias, quote, that prophet, who are they talking about? There had to be a return of Elijah. What, what's significant about Elijah? He didn't die. He was taken. He had to come back, according to prophecy. As John before Jesus, before the Messiah. And they want to know if he is that prophet. And he said no. Was he that prophet? Yes. Why did he say no? Why are they asking? I don't know. We're going to talk about that next week. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to answer everything I'm going to ask you about. So we'll, we'll learn some more.